Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Well, good morning. It's a wonderful day to be alive in Lynchburg, Virginia. And I only say Lynchburg, Virginia because that's where we are. <laughs> Wherever we would have been, we still, uh, we praise God. It's a great day to be alive, period. Better still, it's a great day to be alive in Jesus Christ. Great day, great day. Today, the title of our message is, Oh, How Great Is This Love? And we're in a series, it's called Be Strong in the Lord. And if you look at Ephesians chapter 6, uh, where we have been these past uh, seven messages, and we'll be there this message and probably three more. But um, <clears throat> in this, it really explains what God wants. It says in verse 10 of Ephesians chapter 6, Finally, be strong in the Lord, in the strength of his might. Now, so he tells us that we are to be strong in him. That's what he tells us. And then he goes on to tell us why we need to be strong. And so that's, that's the reason for this series, is that if he tells us something, uh, that means that he knows we need to be strong. We need to be strong. Because strength, he's not talking about natural strength. And I said that in one of the messages that even though we are talking in the natural here, it's a natural example uh, that's given in this whole passage of the armor of God it is not natural. It is supernatural. It's a spiritual thing. It's an unseen thing. And when he says to be strong in the Lord, he's not talking about we need to go lift weights, do some push-ups. He's not talking about that. Take a walk. Take hikes. Do whatever you want to do to have strong legs. He's not talking about anything like that. He's talking about in the spirit realm because we struggle not against um, flesh and blood. So that's why he said that. And so therefore he said be strong. And that's when we got into in verse uh, 14 uh, to, that we need to uh, have our lawns girded about with truth, have on the uh, breastplate of righteousness, having our feet shot with the preparation of gospel of peace, and above all taking the shield of faith by which we could cleanse, uh, quench all the fiery dots of the wicked one. And that's where we ended. And now we're in verse 17, and it says, And take the helmet of salvation. So that's where we are today. Um, uh, just the first part of that verse. Take the helmet of salvation. Now we know that um, we have helmets, we wear helmets now. Even though he was gave us an example of a Roman soldier or Soldiers, they wear helmets, uh, but we are very aware that the children 
um, when I was teaching elementary school, they had to have, they had to wear, we taught them that you need to start wearing a helmet when you're riding your bicycle. And we know that if you have a motorcycle, you're going to have a helmet. We know if you're going to be racing cars, you're going to have a helmet. You need to protect that head because our head, if you lose that head, then you are, you are lost. <laughs> you know, you are lost. So we don't want to do that. So what is God telling us today in the spiritual realm? What is he telling us? So I want you to think spiritual now. Think spiritual. We'll come back to, to that, that uh, helmet. But I want you to start thinking spiritually here. What can God be talking about? Because we can't wear a helmet around and expect to be strong in the Lord because uh, the enemy, Satan and his demonic forces, they don't, the principalities, they don't wear helmets. Uh, so why do, do we have to wear helmets? What is he talking about? Let's look in the Gospel of John, chapter 3. Let's go there. In verse 16, you already know, John 3.16. Uh, uh, we're going to go a little bit further than that. We're going to start in, in uh, 16. For God so loved the world. Come on. And whosoever believe in him. That's what we uh, quote. That's what we know. And let's look at verse 17. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. And so people think that that um, Christians, they, they, they judge me. You know, they, they, they compare me to themselves. They, they always judge somebody. Uh, Jesus didn't come into the world uh, to judge anybody. It says he came into the world that the world may be saved. And that's good news. That's good news. Eh? In verse 18 it says, He who believe, believes in him is not judged. But who... Um, but it says that uh, he who does not believe has been judged already. Now, how is that going to be? What is this talking about now? Because he has not believed in the name of the, of the only begotten Son of God. So we're talking about um, the judgment is not that God is judging us. We judge ourselves. Verse 18. Verse 19, it says, this is the judgment that the light has come into the world. And men love the darkness rather than the light, for their deeds were evil. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, one of the songs that we're, we sang was dealing with light. Yeah. And it says that in verse 20, for everyone... Who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. Verse 21. But he who practices the truth comes to the light so that his deeds may be manifested as having been wrought in God. 
practicing the truth brings us to the light. We don't want to be in darkness. We don't want to hide from the light. And we know that Jesus is light. We know that. And so we want to come to him. We don't want to judge ourselves. We don't, we, we don't want to be in darkness. We don't want to uh, not believe in the Son of God. So I said, okay, God, if you did this, because it started as John 3.16, oh, how great is this love. How great is this love. Let's look at 1 John. Let's go there. The Epistle of John, the third one, third verse. Let's go, go there. Third chapter in the first verse. Let's go there. First John, chapter three, verse one through three. See how great a love the Father has bestowed on us. Now that's that's important. This is what God is saying to his church. See how great a love the Father has bestowed on us. On us, that we would be called children of God. I think that was in one of the songs too, uh, about about uh, he calls us, you know, uh, sons and daughters. You know? See, I, I know Stella, you've been cheating. You know, looking at my notes, and it says, and such we are. That's what it says. We are sons and daughters. We are children of God. For this reason, the world does not know us. Now, can you believe that the world doesn't know us? The world does not know us. Why doesn't the world know us? We're right here. Why doesn't it know us? Because it did not know him. Beloved. Now, we are children of God. Not we're going to be by and by. We are the children. We are sons and daughters of God now. And it has not appeared as yet what we will be. We know that when he appears, we will be like him. Because we will see him just as he is. And everyone who has this hope fixed on him purifies himself just as he is, he is pure. We're supposed to be wanting to be just like Jesus. We want to see him as he is. We can't wait to see him, but we know we have to until that day. But we have that hope, and as we have that hope, causes us to purify ourselves. It causes us to want to do what he has asked us to do. Wow. I said, God, this is, this is really awesome. You know, how great is this love? Let's look at um, 1 John chapter 4. Let's go over there. Verse 9 and 10. 
By this, the love of God has manifested in us. By this, you see, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him. In this, in this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Oh, what great love. Now, when I, we, we, this word propitiation, um, it's, uh, it's like a, a total, total fulfillment of what God wanted to bring us back to him. Total fulfillment. It's really... It's really uh, dealing with who Jesus is because he is the propitiation. He is. His life that he lived when he was on earth, also who he was and is. All that is tied up into it. Let me read you a verse. I don't want you to turn to it, uh, so I'm going to call it out. But I'm going to read you a verse. It says, But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Cleanses us from all sin. So when we think about um, uh, what does the blood do? You know, just think about what does the blood do? The, the blood cleanses us from all sin. But it's not just a, a past thing. It's an ongoing thing. Ongoing. Because the blood of Jesus cleanses. It didn't say has cleansed in the past tense. Cleanses us from all sin. That's why we can say, um, God, forgive me for what I said. Forgive me for what I did. And we turn because we just don't ask for forgiveness. We want to repent. We want to turn. And he said, if we ask God to forgive us, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our Sin and cleanse us from all sin. Now, you think cleanse? See, it's not it's not a covering over something, you know, because you you can you can just put something and cover up. See, um, you don't know what is on my shirt inside over there. You don't know. Uh, because I'm wearing a coat. See, if I pull my coat off, you can say, oh, there's a big spot. But see, I have my coat on. Now, I don't have a spot on my shirt. <laughs> because I sent it to the dry cleaners, the laundry, and they cleansed it. You know? So, um, I do not have a spot. I do not have a spot, you know? 
I'm not sure. But see, we, we're not looking for the blood of Jesus to, to cover up something. The blood of Jesus, it says, cleanses us. Cleanses us from all sin. And I thought, oh my goodness gracious, that is, that is fantastic. Oh, how great the love of God is. This is so great. Because he's talking about, as you put the verses together and remember the, the key things I said, he says that, look, I'm telling you that I loved you so much I gave my only begotten son. Not when you were all washed up and clean and, and you know how some people say, well, uh, you know, I give my life to Jesus. I got some, you know, things I need to clean up first. I, I got to make some changes first. No, uh-uh. No. We come just as we are. See, he's the cleanser. See, he's the one that gets things straight. And so that's what, that's what the blood of Jesus does. It washes away sin. It washes away all the impurities. He says, you come to me just as you are, and I will clean you up. And that's what I want. The blood of Jesus, it cleanses. It cleanses. Oh, how great this love is. And, and, and I know it's so great because I know how I was. And you, you know it's great because you know how you were. You know? And if any one of you were born, you know, already saved, and already sanctified, then um, you're deceived, you know, because we weren't. We were born of the first Adam. So uh, that, that's, that's bad news, okay? Now um, let's go to another one. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. We're talking about this great love here. You say, well, what about the helmet, man? Hey, come on, get to the helmet, you know? Well, we're talking about the helmet. You just don't know we're talking about the helmet. Because the helmet has to do with uh, protecting what's on the inside of that helmet, what the helmet is covering. And see, our, our brain. And see, so, so we have to know that God is telling us how we're going to protect ourselves by putting on this helmet in the spiritual realm. He's going to tell us that. And I'll give you some steps. Uh, in a few minutes. Let's look at um, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 45. It says, but God, mm, that's a good one, isn't it? But God, being rich in mercy, aren't you glad that it said, but God, because of how we were before we came to him, and we didn't know him, didn't want to know him, until we heard the good news. And when we heard the good news, we usually say, well, but, uh, but you don't know, but, uh, you know, I was a but. He said, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Forget about all these buts that you did. Let me tell you, but God, but God being rich in mercy. And what is mercy? Is mercy something? Oh, we deserve something. Yes, yes. You got to give me mercy because I deserve it. 
No, 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 no. We deserve, you know, uh, to be in fire and brimstone uh, when that day comes. That's what we deserve. But because of his mercy, it says, because of his great love. How great is that love? How great is that love we're talking about in which he loved us? Even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, we have been saved. By grace, we've been saved. Because of his great mercy, because of his great love, even though we didn't do anything to earn it, I don't care how good we tried to be, it's by grace we've been saved. Oh, how great. That love is. How great. Jeremiah 29. Let's look there just a little bit. Um, in verse 8, 9, and 10, it tells about the children of Israel and how, uh, like verse 10 said, For thus says the Lord, when 70 years have been completed for Babylon, I will visit you and fulfill my good word to you to bring you back to this place. So we know that uh, Israel, they, they had to go into captivity. And he says that in verse 12, when you call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. Verse 13. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Verse 14. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and will gather you from the nations from all the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from where I sent you into exile. Now that's what he says in Jeremiah, and I, you know I skipped all over verse 11 that everybody memorized. And I, I did that to emphasize what, why we quote verse 11. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for calamity for, uh, to, to give you a future, to give you a future and a hope. Now, now, now. That is a, a, a such a inspiring uh, verse, and and I know some of you have it memorized because I know, Lord, you memorized it because you quoted it to me uh, 
about when you were going to go into this operation, you, you, you called out, well, oh, I know the plans he has for me, plans of, uh, you know, the, for welfare and for, uh, not for calamity, they give me a future and a hope. Didn't you call that for me? And, and see, but it's surrounding, it's surrounding the, all the things that, that he had, had, had done. And I wanted to give all the things that why that verse is there, because God is so good that even though they did things to, for him to drive them into exile, God was so good that he says, for I know the plans I have for you. That's why I'm going to, when, when I bring you out of Babylon, that's why I'm going to listen to you. That's why when you pray, that's why when you call, I'm going to answer. He's saying that because he's so good. That's what he, he's so good. How great is the love that he has for us. And he had it from the Old Testament all the way here. Can you really picture in those things he said how the children of Israel walking in the wilderness for 40 years and they were, you know, you probably listen to them sometimes. They'll say, boy, God, boy, he loves us, boy. Boy, he's so good, you know. He, 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 boy, I tell you, he can't keep his eyes off us, boy. And he can't keep his hands off us. He's just, he's just so good. Man, I got my new money shoes I was wearing for 40 years. They're still good, you know. You know, the clothes I have, um, oh, not, not a, not, not a mothball, no, nothing. This thing is good. You know, I didn't have to have to put it in the cleaners and had to wash it. It's so good. God is good. And see, he is, isn't he? But God was not pleased with them. See, he was not pleased with them. That's why they went into exile. He was not pleased with them. And sometimes uh, we, as Christians, sometimes think, just because he's so good, I can keep doing what I'm doing. It really doesn't matter. And I wanted to tell you that, no, that verse is there because he's explaining, yes, I am good, but I expect for you to be good. I expect you to follow what I tell you to do because I love you. With everlasting love, I love you. How great is that love? How great is that love that we can do things and we know they're wrong, but we do them anyway. And God still, when we call upon him, he still answers. What kind of God do we serve? My goodness gracious. Let's look at Ephesians uh, chapter 6, verse 17. Uh, the first part of it, and you already know it, there's only six words in, uh, in the part we're going to talk about today, and we've been talking about. And take the helmet of salvation. And take the helmet of salvation. That's that armor that we are putting on. Now, I'm going to give you three things before we close. Uh, and and um, we're going to look at, at the Gospel of John, chapter 3. You know, we're in, in John chapter, um, about, about back there when we, we were there, we were in, 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 I think, four or somewhere we, we were there. But we're in three now. 
uh, because um, yeah, we're in John three sixteen, and now we're in, but but now we're in the Gospel of John chapter three one through three. Let's look there. I said, wow. Now, this is verse 1. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Verse 2. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you have uh, come from God as a teacher, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with them. Yeah. Uh, Jesus said, yep, you are right, buddy. Uh, I'm coming from God. You're right. But he didn't even address. It's like, it like Nicodemus saying some stuff and Jesus not even paying attention. Because Jesus has something else on his mind. Jesus always looking uh, for the saved souls because, because that's who we have for, you know, to save unsaved people, you know, which we were at one time. And so he says, Truly, truly, I say unto you, no one is born again. Truth shall I say unto you, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, it would be, been nice if he would have maybe answered him, you know, but he didn't. But that tells me that a lot of times Jesus just jumped back to the issue. The issue is that, Nicodemus, you need salvation. Your problem is that you are not born again. And I expect that what you need to do is understand that you have to be born of water. You've got to be born of the Spirit. You can't, you can't just have flesh. It says, you don't have to turn to um, that which is born of the flesh, this is verse 6, is flesh. Everybody that's here today was born of the flesh. And that which is born of spirit is spirit. So, he says in verse 7, Do not be amazed that I said to you, you must be born again. See, the wind blows where, where it wishes, and you, you hear the sound, uh, but, but you really don't know where it comes from and where it's going. So, is everyone who is born of the Spirit. The, the question I ask is that what, what really does God expect of us? What is he really desiring of us? Yeah. Because this is, a, this is a large book right here. I mean, you can get it smaller, a smaller print, but, but there's a lot in it. From Genesis to Revelation, this is a large book. You know, it's a large book. And so, what is he asking us? Does he expect me to memorize all this whole book? What is he expecting of us? What does he desire 
our response, response to be. Because, see, I've, I've only talked about the goodness of God this morning. Oh, how great is this love. That's all I talked about so far. But do you know that until we know that, until we believe that, until we walk that out, nothing else is going to matter. Because, see, we don't even believe that he is so good, that his, his love is so great, that he loves us, and he wants, he wants us to have a future that's not in exile, that's not in bondage, that's, that's not, uh, you know, where we got unforgiveness and all those things that happen in this life. He doesn't want that. So he says that what the enemy is going to do, he's going to try to get you tangled up and in bondage. He's going to put things in your life. He's going he's gonna to put people in your life. And I'm going to be working through them. They don't know I'm working through them. Uh, and I'm not working through them all the time, but I'll be working through them sometime. And they, they're going to make you angry. And then you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna be so mad at them, and then you're going to, after a while, you'll be mad at people. And after a while, you know, when, when you hear the news thing that, 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 hey, you know, they got all these refugees coming over to the United States. All of them. I mean, can you, can you believe that? You know, they got, and we said, kill them. Send them back. Do something to them. Don't bring them here. We got enough problems here. Don't bring nobody here, you know. And God says, but now, I want you to love all people. Because, see, uh, some Afghanistans, they're going to be in heaven. And it's going to be uh, worshiping right along beside you. You know? And you say, well, okay, but not those Hispanics, though. Don't, don't bring them over here. They can't even talk English, you know? He said, wait a minute. So he's saying that my love is so great that it covers the whole world. Because who is it that's living in this world that he didn't create? Is it anybody that he didn't create? He is the creator. I wonder how Jesus would respond to the things that we respond in a negative way to. Because, I mean, come on now. I mean, this is real now. There was a time when in America, you know, we, we, we talk about our, you know, the forefathers, you know, they were Christians, they were this and that, all of them were not Christians. And, and uh, but uh, some of them had, they had slaves. They had. It, it was a time where, where women couldn't even vote. You know that? There was a time when blacks couldn't vote. Right? There was a time when blacks were slaves. Yeah. And there was a time in Lynchburg, Virginia. 
I'm not talking about way back yonder. I'm talking about when I got here to Lynchburg, Virginia, and didn't know what in the world I was coming to for my interview because it's called Lynchburg. And I said, hmm, this does not sound good. I wonder where they got that name from, you know. And I know that uh, they had two high schools here, Easy Glass, and they had Dunbar, and Dunbar was all black. And Glass was freedom of choice. And so I said, well, hmm, there was a time when people didn't want Blacks here. Well, you say, well, no, they, they, it was blacks were here in Lynchburg. Yeah, as long as they stayed over there in their neighborhood. Yeah. And as long as they didn't try to get no house over in our neighborhood. Yeah. And you say, well, hmm, I don't believe that. Well, Oh, yeah, that's fair. But I'm saying that God has such great love that he loves all people. I don't care whether you're Afghanistan. I don't care whether you're uh, uh, from Argentina. I don't care whether you speak uh, Spanish. I don't care what your language is. He loves you. He loves you. So I only went back to the past just for that little bit. To don't, I don't want you to get into all these words that you say that the current administration in the United States is doing, and you might not like it. Don't speak against God. Don't speak against what, what, what you, just because what you think, Let's just say what God says. Let's, uh, let's what, say what the Word says. Oh, how great is this love you see, that I have for you. And we don't know the outcome, but we know one thing. God intends to save people. He intends to save people. And so, the first thing I want to know is, are you saved? And then those out, out listening to me in, in that, you know, YouTube, Facebook, are you saved? Because if you're not saved, you don't have on your helmet. And the enemy will wear your head out. Because you don't have on your spiritual helmet. That's the number first thing. You must be saved. That's the first thing. Okay. Let's go just a little bit further here. That's, that's Ephesians chapter 4. That, that's, that's something that I said, well, you know, verse 22 through 24. There's three things 
that I, I know that God wants to do uh, with us, we know that he wants, he wants to save. And, and see, it, it's, not a, it's not a thing that, hey, I said the words. What words did you say? Jesus come to my heart. And so I'm saved. Did you believe in your heart? I know what you said with your mouth. Did you believe in your heart? Believe what? Did you believe? Oh, you, I'll, I'll explain it to you when we have a, when I come over to your house, I'll tell you. We have a Bible study at your house. You know, I know I said some words. I don't know what words I said. I don't even, really, I don't even know what I said in words. Honestly, to tell you the truth, I don't know. Because I went up to join church when other children went up, when I was in church with my mother. And I remember getting baptized in the river. I remember the, the Tar River. I remember that. And I know that I was not saved later on because I found out what salvation was. I found out what you what what you what, what salvation looks like. I found out that uh, there must be some change somewhere. Don't tell me that you are apple tree and there are no apples on you tree ever. Ever. Because I know that I, that you should have fruit. Just if you don't have fruit, just cut it down. Throw it into the fire. Do something with it. There's no good for anything. And so I, I, I learned when, it, when, when Miss Dawson brought me to church. Um, she didn't bring me. She, she invited me to church. I, I, I started listening to the word, and I knew that that did, not, that did not really explain anything to me except I did, ma- I did not match up with what he was teaching. Even though I thought I was saved. If you would have asked me, when I first came to Lynchburg at 21 years old, would I go to heaven if I died? And I said, absolutely, man. Uh, I went to church with my, my mama. I got baptized in the Tar River. Man, and I don't, I don't steal, I don't kill. Well, sometimes I might steal a little something, uh, a pen or whatever, something, you know. But, I, you know, I don't do nothing. I don't do nothing bad, you know. I'm pretty good. But, see, I had no clue that it doesn't matter how good you think you are or what good works you do as an unbeliever because it won't count. And so that's when I gave my life to Jesus Christ. In my bedroom, I kneeled down and asked God, forgive me of my sins. And, and this time, there some changes were made. Not at first, because as I started learning the word, I tried to use the word on Minerva. And, um, you know, there's a word that says submit. And see, um, See, I didn't understand the word. So, so I, I had to learn God's intention on those things. So the first thing is that we must be saved. And, and uh, when, you, when you're looking at 
at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22, it says that in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit. So it's telling me that I need to lay aside my former life. Everything that I used to do, you can't start there. You got to start with the head. Don't start with what you walk out, what you talk like, because we talk a good talk in church. I'm talking about, it starts in the head, how do I think? God changed my thinking. I want to think good thoughts. I want to think like you said, because I know what the word says, that, well, my thoughts are not your thoughts and your thoughts are I know the word says that, but I said, God, I want to think like you think. So he said, okay, I want you to think positive about things. I want you to think positive about people. That's what he said. It's in here. It's in there. And so I said, well, you really want me to think positive about them. Yes, you think positive about them. How many of you struggle like that? With me, anybody struggle with that? And so there's one other. With me. The rest of y'all, y'all, y'all are saints. Y'all good. Y'all good. Good. You know that God might just take you on home. You know. Uh, but see, I know I'm not there. I'm trying to get this, these thought patterns right, and it starts with my head. See, I got to have protection on my head, and this word of God is going to help my my head because I got to change my thoughts. If I change my thoughts. I can change my words. If I can change my words, I can change my walk. You see? See, because the, the Spirit of God, we, we got born again, but we have a new spirit. But, but see, our flesh is the same. Our mind is the same. Just because you said some words don't mean that, oh, you got a whole new mind. You don't know anything about what you used to no, before you said those words. No, you just got the same mind. Verse 23. And that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind. See, that's, that's the next thing. I got to be born again. I got to renew my mind. And I renew it by the word of God. But I, I got to renew the spirit of my mind. Not just renew my mind. I got to renew the spirit of my mind. What are you talking about the spirit of mind? See, I have a thought pattern that I develop over the years. It's a thought pattern. And, and you, 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 know, you know what I'm talking about. You have a thought pattern. You know, you have, you, you, you think of, you have certain ways that you think about certain things. It's like sometimes they call it a mindset. We have a mindset sometimes, and God wants to break that set mindset down that you have, and he wants inserted his mind 
That's what he wants. He wants your mind set on him and the things of him, not on what you experience and what your thoughts are, because as long as we don't change our mindset, we can know the word but never be able to do it because our mind is set a certain way. It is. That's why you have, you have people who don't want to be in churches with other people because their mindset is, I want to be around people like I am. Well, that's why you have sometimes all Hispanic churches. Sometimes you have all Asian churches. Sometimes y'all have all white churches. When I say all, it's about 99%, you know, something like that. Uh, and, and, and you have all black churches. You have, but God says that, will you break that down? But I don't want to. I don't know anybody. And then they're not going to talk to me. They're not going to invite me to their house. They, 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 I'd rather be around somebody who like me. That's a bad mindset. That's a bad mindset. You need to say, God, where do you want me? That's where I want to be. Wherever you want me, you put me. So I'm a, I want to be born again. I want to have a mindset that's set exactly just like the Lord's is. And he tells me in his word. And then the last thing is that verse 24. Verse 24. And put on the new self. Okay, I got to take off the old man. And now he said, put on the new self. Which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. I said, okay, God. You want me to be set. You want me to change my mindset. But I got to really know his word. I got to, I got to, I got to. But God, I've been trying to learn his word for years and years and years. And I'm still doing some of the same things. That's not good. Well, the last step, what he wants us to do, it's a very easy step, but it's a hard step. It's practice. Practice. But it's not just practice. It's practice is the first part. Then cry out to God, the second part. After you practice, cry out to God because you're gonna, you, we're going to make mistakes. Cry out to God, God, help me. Help me think right. Because the thoughts I just had was the thoughts of somebody sitting here saying, I hope that dude hurry up and finish, you know. <laughs> and... God didn't say that. But see, the enemy puts thoughts in your mind. You see that person's face over there? They hope you hurry up and finish. They're not, they're not paying attention. They, they, they wish they hadn't come. But now uh, they are here, and they hope you hurry up and finish. All these thoughts go through your mind. Crazy thoughts. Crazy thoughts. You know? I'm, I'm serious now. I'm serious. Have you ever had crazy thoughts? You know it's not from God. You know it's not from God. You know, like you see, sometimes 
um, in the first beginning of the year, like in, in um, August or something, when the kids come back to school and stuff like that. And they say, well, we have a lot of people this Sunday is checking us out. But as soon as they find out there's a mixed congregation and a black pastor, they ain't coming back. They ain't coming back. Where's, what, what thought, who put that crazy thought in your mind? You see? He said, well, that's what's happened in the past. It's a, it's a, it's a few to stay, you know, it's a few to stay. There's one over there. You know, there's a few to stay. Uh, but well, see, you have a mindset. Break that mindset down. You can't go on the spirit. Your mindset that uh, this way. No, 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 no. What you start thinking, think the best of every person because the word says so. That's what the word says. So I had to break this, these, these thoughts down. And if I break my thoughts down, then I can, I can say, okay, I can, I can start saying the right thing. Praise God. Here's an opportunity. We're going to have some more young people. Praise the Lord. You know, praise the Lord. And then I'll, I'll put some, you know, my shoe level to I go and speak to them. Hey, how you doing? You know, hello. where are you from? Da, 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 you know. Because if my mind stayed the other way, I say, ain't no need to talk to them. They ain't gonna say nobody ain't coming by. You wasting your time, you know. See, I'm gonna break that mindset down, and I'm gonna put on this helmet of salvation. I'm gonna put on this helmet that's protecting his brain from the evil one because he—that's all he's trying to do. The battle is in your mind. I'm gonna tell you, it's in your mind. It's in my mind. That's where the battle is. He's fighting for control because if he can get our mind. To agree with our flesh, he got us. I don't care if y'all say, you're still going to be doing wrong things. But if I ever get this mind and this will and my emotions in line with my spirit man that's born again, now we can, we can control this flesh. We can control this flesh. I'm going to get this mindset right. I'm going to control these thoughts. So I crowd to God. And then I practice. And then I crowd to God again. I practice. I crowd. I practice. I crowd. I practice. God, help me. Help me, Lord. Help me. I'm not, I'm not where I'm supposed to be. I'm, I'm still saying things I shouldn't say. Help me, Lord. You're crying out to God. And then you practice some more. That's what you do. How, how, am I ever going to get, get there? Yes. When he comes back for you. Or when... Oh, if he doesn't come back first and you go to him, then fine. It's present with the Lord. So either way, when you meet him, you'll be as he is because your thoughts will be his thoughts. But see, if Paul said, I haven't arrived yet. I press towards the mark. We're going to have to press towards the mark of the high calling. And so that's what he told me. He said, you tell them, number one, they got to be saved. He said, well, I'm already saved. That's, that's, that's fine, okay? That's, that's fine, you say. Okay, now I want you to change this mind here, this mindset. I want you to get these thoughts right because that's where the battle is. And then you practice and practice and pray. Practice and pray. Practice and pray. And then you know you're going to get better. Because if you pray and ask God, God, help me, I don't want to think that way. Help me, Lord, I don't want to do that. Help me, Lord, I don't want to say that. He's going to help you. He's going to help you. 
And I said, well, God, that's good to me. That's good to me. And so if anybody on the sound of my voice is not saved, that's the first step. If, 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 if you don't give your life to Jesus Christ, as good as he is, my God, there's nobody, nobody that's going to treat you better than Jesus Christ. Nobody. Nobody. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.